0: Welcome, this is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Susie Courtney. After the sudden loss of her son Daniel in 1997, she began to write books on grief and healing. She also began to do automatic writing, which is a form of channeling. Through the automatic writing, she was able to contact her spirit guide and was also able to communicate with her son Daniel. In this conversation with us, she shares a lot of information, including the outline of the process of how to do automatic writing and some of the messages she's received through that practice. Let's go to that conversation now.
1: Perhaps we could start with hearing the story about your son Daniel.
2: Okay, that began my writing career, unbeknownst to me, way back in 1997. Um, My son was 25, he was born in Hawaii, and he passed away in Hawaii on the Big Island from a mountain fall, it was very quick and so unexpected and tragic, I had premonitions before he passed, and I, Uh I dismissed them as an overactive mind, because I, worry about my kids, but everything started falling into place. Looking back, it certainly is an event that changes people's lives. Over the years, through my devastation and loss, I learned so much. And I today, it's been 23 years on this past Wednesday. I've learned so much and I am so grateful now for going through that because of what I've learned and what he has taught us. So um, I started writing. First, they were poems, really dark poems, because, you know, you've got to get that angst out and the anger and everything. But the poems lightened up over several years. And then I I started writing um, children's books.
1: That's a big shift from writing all of your pain over to children's books.
2: Well, I had started this book about a little Hawaiian boy when Danny was still living out there. Because I'd go out and visit him and we'd stand along the rocky coast and these green sea turtles would always come up to him. He was communicating with them. So I started writing a children's book and I I told him what the gist of it was and he was a surfer so I said I've got you saving the turtle the green sea turtle and the turtle saves you and he laughed and he said that sounds like a great story mom and it didn't have an ending at the time and then after he passed I knew what the ending was it's been quite the journey I have six books out now four are dealing with grief and loss and the other two are were written for the classroom because i used to be a teacher
0: so after your son passed is when you really started writing the books
2: yes because i shared that first book called ride to the stars with my second graders and you could have heard a pin drop And then all the hands started, you know, waving in the air. Well, my dog died and my grandma died. And, you know, some of the kids actually lost parents and they really identified with it. So I knew there was a a need there for kids, too. And later
1: on. Pardon? I was just going to say that death is not something that our culture talks about. And yet it's something that everyone's going to experience in their lifetime. So, yeah, I can definitely see the need, particularly even at a young age, like you said, to begin introducing that concept and creating an avenue to have that conversation.
2: My second book for kids in that field um, is called Dear Diary, My Brother Died Today. Um, I got pretty good reviews online. One talked about the possibility of a child not being able to relate to an angel. But um, it's been in my experience that many young children see them all the time and play with them. <laughs> you know, we, we as adults kind of forget, but um, my daughter had a, I think she was an angel. She lived on top of the mountain in Hawaii and she came to have tea with us every day. And I played along, but looking back,
1: I think maybe she was real. Can you tell us so you know our podcast is called Beyond the Illusion. And so we talk about, you know, things particularly outside of the realm of mainstream belief you know, systems. And what really had attracted me to your story was the metaphysical aspect of of what happened after his passing and the way that it opened you up into communicating.
2: My daughter, Laura, whom you also trained in Reiki, you remember Laura Denver? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, She and I flew out to Hawaii thinking we were going to pick up Danny's ashes and bring them back, but they had an elaborate Hawaiian funeral planned. And my ex-husband lives out there with his wife and The funeral was just the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And uh, there was a Hawaiian friend there who could channel, and she came up to me during the funeral and said, I said, I feel Danny here. And she said, oh, he's here, he's all around us. And the green sea turtles came up and uh, the canoeists went out with their paddles and raised them in the surfers salute, the conch shell was blown, and everybody there felt his presence. It was so beautiful. After that, oh, I know what it was. Maybe a month later, the same channeler contacted the family and said, I have messages from Danny. Do you want to hear them? And we're all like, okay, So she self-hypnotized and typed them on her computer and sent them to us. And the wording in there and the actions that we said in his apartment, as we were cleaning it out, were so exact, the hairs on our arm just stood straight up. We thought, oh my gosh, this is real. That was the beginning of this journey, I think into really, really believing that our departed ones are with us. And so many signs came in because we went through Danny's um, journaling and read his writings over the years. And we realized that he was clairvoyant and clairsentient and clairaudient. And he was connecting because I saw him five weeks before he passed. And I just thought something's different. He would kind of walk off into the distance and like he was in another world and then come back. um, I asked him, I said, is anything wrong? And he said, no, mom, I'm okay, I'm just lonely. But looking back, I realized that he was dealing with something he didn't quite understand after he passed he was so able to connect with us and it wasn't just me it was my family in michigan and texas and his family out in hawaii and we were on the phone all day well you'll never guess what happened to me and it was just phenomenal for that i'd say first year Um, things like rainbows not just in the sky but around the corner and in the closet and animals appearing brown bunnies like he had when he was little music on the radio my daughter was driving down the road in austin and something told her to turn the radio on and the music was what's the song i can i can be with you from where i am I can't remember the exact wording, but I'm with you wherever I am. And, and it hit her so hard, she pulled over and just bawled because she knew it was him. So that's, that all happened 20-some years ago, and it certainly woke up a lot of people in his family and some of his friends to realizing that our departed ones aren't gone i got the most beautiful message from him on wednesday i do automatic writing and i was trained by a dear friend back in michigan Um, she's a psychic medium and a spiritual healer and she trained me how to do it and uh, that's how i've written my last several books
1: Yeah, tell us more about this automatic writing. I'm really interested to know more about this process and what that was like learning it. Okay.
2: At first, I was a little hesitant, but I trusted this lady so much. She's got big chunks of crystal all over her house, and I'm also a crystal healer now (laughs) and a grief coach. Um, I've jumped in with both feet, but... um, Anybody can learn this that wants to bad enough. At first, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll never get this. And she communicates that way also, but she also can see the departed, which I cannot, but I've become much more intuitive. You basically, when you're starting out, you use um, a tablet of paper in your lap and a pencil. I use a pen now, but uh, starting out with a pencil, because you need that forward movement on the paper. Your eyes are closed, and you settle yourself in and ground and take three or four deep breaths and ask for divine guidance. And just start, in the beginning, you just start to move the pencil from left to right, you kind of know when you're out of, you know, off the line and then you go back and you just keep moving the pencil, not trying to draw anything or make any letters or anything, just keep moving and concentrate on your breathing. And at first it looks like a chicken walked across your paper. I mean, it looks like <laughs> this is, this is nothing, you know, but If you keep doing that, practice every day, week after week, pretty soon, without your knowledge, because your eyes are closed, you're starting to make letters. Letters are forming. And then the letters attach to each other. And then you're making almost words. And then a little bit later, the words are very visible, and then you're making phrases, and by the end of about three months, you're able to write sentences. Wow. I remember back wondering what I was going to ask or what do I want to know, and it doesn't matter in the beginning. You, you, you write words, and it's like, oh my gosh, I know what that says. And later on, when you get good at it, you can actually ask questions. And you get the answers.
0: I'm kind of stunned by this. So you actually wrote entire books using this method?
2: Yes. Through the Eyes of a Dove was, that came through that Hawaiian channeler in the form of four or five different messages. And I just took bits and pieces and created the story. But the last, my most recent book, Heaven Held, an angelic account of children in transition is a complete dialogue between Danny and me.
0: Okay, so Danny is coming through your automatic writings, then, and you're communicating with him that way, then.
2: Um, yes, but I, I have to clarify. Um, when I start out doing the automatic writing, whenever I wish, usually mornings are better. I always go through my spiritual guide first. That's a that's a must.
1: That um, makes sense. That was that's what's going to be my question. If there was like a protocol, you know, just yeah. for protection and for being clear about who you're who's speaking through you or who you're speaking huh. to.
2: Yes, it's very very important that you know your spirit guide and ask for them. Any guide or angel that comes through must be fully and completely aligned with God. So you're you are protected and that's really important. And then there are some times when her name's Miriam, she just talks and tells me about world events and reassures me. Sometimes when the conversation stops, I'll know that somebody's waiting. So I'll ask, Is it Danny or is it my mother? And she'll tell me who it is. And then that person can come in.
1: Wow. And have you done this for other people or is it something you just do to communicate to your own loved ones?
2: Um, I really haven't done it for other people, but sometimes messages come through. Like a couple of years ago, one of my good friends um, lost her mother and I was doing my automatic writing thinking about my friend. And I got this message. Please tell my daughter to wear the necklace to my funeral. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? So I contacted my friend and I told her and she said, oh, I know what she's talking about. And they were halfway to the funeral and they turned around and went back and got it. Wow. (laughs) I thought that was really cute. Mm -hmm.
0: What kinds of things were were the first things that came through, like when you first started automatic writing, what were the first messages that came through?
2: Oh my gosh, I've got so many notebooks. I I don't remember other than the name of the city I lived in came through and I thought, wow, that's neat. And just, just simple words that meant something started coming through. So I knew that I was learning, I was getting better at it. It wasn't just random. But it it makes a lot more sense when the phrases start coming through and they're all very positive. I've never ever gotten anything dark or scary because I I think it's so important to protect yourself.
1: Yes, particularly in this time and age, the energies are pretty intense. You have to have so much patience and persistence is what I was thinking. I remember when I first was learning to channel and I was not that patient. (laughs) And so I think of like when you said this, like three months just to kind of get the phrases. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had that patience. So I, I give you a lot of credit there. Well, I think it comes down to
2: a mother's love for her child. And, you know, you're willing to do anything to connect and make sure they're okay. And it became something I really wanted to do. Oh, I want to say um, something about the good that's come out of this other than my books. My ex-husband and his wife have created a foundation out on the Big Island. And it's called the Daniel Sayre Memorial foundation and they have raised over $4 million so far to buy rescue equipment for the big island firemen and rescuers and many lives have been saved because of this equipment
0: oh that's amazing yeah do they have a website at the end of the episode we might have you give the website if you know it
2: oh yes Mm -hmm. so
0: um What kind of messages, so you entered into a dialogue with your son, and what was that like in the beginning? What kind of messages was he relaying to you?
2: Well, he is a light being guide, and his particular job is working with children. And he's been especially active in the children that have been rescued from sex trafficking and uh, child torture, Mm -hmm. it just, um, I asked him about it because I didn't know. I asked him basic questions, what are you doing,
1: what is it like, and uh, I I got the answers. So when you say that he works with children, is he working with children souls that cross over or he's, because you're saying how children connect more spiritually, or is he helping the ones who are still in their body or which are both?
2: Probably both. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. That's so nice to know that, right? I mean, so you see these things that are happening in the world and and it just seems like so horrible and it's it's nice to have that confirmation that there are these divine beings that are helping i know um he
2: he was um at 9 11 in new york city i knew he was there when that was happening i i just knew and my daughter knew and about three months later that same hawaiian channeler said oh by the way Danny was in New York City that day, helping those people that crossed over so violently. He was right there to catch them. Hmm. And he was also at Sandy Hook. So, um, yeah, he's pretty remarkable.
0: Do you think that uh, you and Danny entered into uh, some sort of an agreement before you came into this life to, (laughs) to do this kind of work?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I read an article that was written by you on, uh, I guess it was on the Austin Alchemist. And oh, yeah. It was really beautiful. Tell Can you us- tell
1: us what the article is about, Tim?
0: Yeah, basically the article is just about the challenges that everyone's going through and the pain and the suffering, you know, that's happening with the COVID but also on the other side of that is like there's this really positive aspect of it where we're helping each other and things are actually changing for the better and it was just a really beautifully written article
2: thank you I had a little help with that (laughs) from the other side
0: was that kind of an automatic writing too?
2: no Mm -mm. those thoughts just came I just started typing away
0: yeah it's very good
2: Let me share with you, this is kind of private, and I'm sure my children won't care, but this message came through on Wednesday, on the 23rd anniversary of his passing, and I'll just read part of it. Um, Slow down, this is Danny speaking, slow down on all the theories going around. Be of higher sequence and further great thoughts to others. So many are awakening, but are also afraid. You can help. I'll skip a little bit. He talks about his sister and brother and then what a team we have. All is well, mom, really. In all that truly matters, things are working out well. You will soon see what I, we mean. In the next few months of bumpy rides, a new knowing will descend. It will be exciting and fair and full of peace. Huge. This is
1: the why of this lifetime. Wow. Yeah. That blew me away yeah and how do you how do you interpret that of course he sees the the higher the bigger
2: picture and those of us on earth that are awakened and you know light workers see it also it's a reassurance that everything will be okay eventually and in the meantime we need to just be steadfast and shine our light to help other people
1: mm-hmm so this year was such a monumental year for change, <laughs> and I'm curious because you've been talking to him over these years. Did he give you a heads up, or <laughs> or was it as big of a shock to you? I mean, for people like we talked to astrologers, and so like I remember, I kind of felt like I had a heads up from just communicating with astrologers and hearing that there was something big was happening. But I was curious if he told you that as well.
2: He doesn't get real in detail. My spirit guide kind of warns me a little bit, but not s- doesn't scare me. We get Laura and I get a lot of our information from uh, Alyssa Mailhorn here mm-hmm. in Austin. I'm sure you know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't go into great detail either, but she kind of says, you know, tighten your seatbelt, <laughs> it's coming.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned that Danny had brother and sister. Is that right? Just one yes. brother and one sister? Yes. And how did they react to the messages that come through from Danny?
2: I sent that last message to them. They love it. I mean, Laura's a little bit more open than than Greg. They both are really pleased and um, very close to their brother.
1: So were there some people in your family? Because you mentioned how it has had this ripple effect for many people. Um, were there some people in your family that weren't really open to spirituality, and then as these messages started coming through, had a big shifter transformation because of it?
2: I would say the majority of his cousins are opening up. A couple of aunts and uncles are, but um, it's more the the younger people that are opening up in my family, mm-hmm. and. And Danny's friends.
1: Yeah, that gives us hope, right? That the next generations are more adaptable or open to spiritual concepts and ideas. I think so, yes. Because,
2: you know, I was raised as a Christian in the Methodist church, and and I'm still a Christian. But we never talked about communicating with the other side. You know, I thought when you passed away, you were in a white robe and you were far, far away. And that's not the case. <laughs> and my kids have had their own experiences with Danny's presence. And my son was in a very bad thunderstorm some years back and driving along and this huge tree fell right in front of him. And he felt a presence in the car. Keeping him safe, and I said, "You know who that was, don't you?" And he said, "Yeah, I think so. I do think um, the younger people are part of the answer to this chaos we're going through."
1: Yeah, and I think Tim and I both of are of the belief that you know we're going through this big spiritual shift on the planet, mm-hmm. and that the the vibrations shifting, and so things are shifting in alignment with the energy or cl- things are clearing out that are not aligned with that energy. And that means that some souls are passing that do not want to be here in this new energy. And so a lot of people are experiencing the loss of someone. And then there's just also the loss of the way of life pre-COVID and during, you know, uh-huh. there's, there's loss of people's jobs. And so I feel like your work, where you're helping people with grief is very needed right now. And the books that you're bringing through to help people with loss is very helpful. You've written, you said four books about grief and loss. If you had to like give a message or a summary to someone who's experiencing that right now, what would be kind of the overall message that you're really wanting to convey to them?
2: Well, over the years, I think I've given more books away than I've sold. But I, I mail them to bereaved parents who are just devastated. And I think the message in my books speak to from my heart to them that be open to your children's presence. Uh, watch for signs. Your child is very near. And there are reasons why they went back when they did. And some people aren't ready to hear that, but you and Tim understand that a lot of people are going back right now for various mm-hmm. reasons. But we we chose this. And so many people don't understand. And that's why I wrote that article on on grief, because they're hanging on to what they know, and they're scared. And... You know, this is a huge transition, as we all understand. And I just think that with time, more and more people will awaken
1: to the bigger picture. These are hard times. Yes, challenging times. That's why these messages are are so needed for people, particularly someone who's walked the path themselves. So, you Uh know, you've had what, you know, a lot of people say is the most you know, devastating experience to ever have, to, ha- to lose your child and to walk through that and then to reach your hand out and to guide other people. I-, I think, you know, that speaks more than someone like me who has not experienced that, trying to help those people. I can't possibly understand what you've been through. And so, so it's beautiful that you're able to, to do that for all of those people.
2: Oh, thank you. You help in your own way, though. You both are so deep.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You,
2: you, you do offer your heart and your soul. And I'm writing a seventh book. It's about finished. Um, where I'm going back in time. I did a lot of research. I'm tracing my father's family from the Civil War to the present because I don't have any more information beyond that and my mother's side from the Mayflower forward and through bringing these two branches together through time you know my generation enters at the end but um, I've tried to show people How interconnected we all are and how we share cellular memory with all of our ancestors. And I've uncovered some famous people that I was aligned with and I I was just thrilled. I've noticed traits and characteristics in my family now from people that I've studied in writing this book. And it's just amazing
0: that is hope- that's fascinating yeah i'm sure people could learn a lot just by studying their own family lineage you know
1: yeah it we've been to wonder <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: We've been so disconnected in our, in the American culture, we've been so disconnected from our ancestors. And and yet now with these websites where you can track them and so forth, I think there's like a renewed interest. And I think there is something to be said about how that helps us to feel that interconnectedness that we all, you know, if you go far enough along the line, you know, we can see how we have common ancestors and common traits. And there's also something about death and becoming more comfortable with that. I think those are two areas that we're starting to only now really dip into after centuries of kind of just ignoring all of that. (laughs) That was um, a subtopic.
2: Uh, Death was a subtopic throughout this manuscript because I've always been afraid of dying. I kind of traced it from my ancestors and everything they went through in the early struggles of founding this country and their, their lives were hard. And through my fairly recent great grandparents and how they dealt with loss, a lot of them were writers also. And uh, it was very comforting to me to do that project and come through the process to where I am now, I've kind of done more healing through the writing of this latest book than I thought I would because it was so
1: revealing. So I, I was wondering, as you were talking about that, if that made you want to try to, through your automatic writing, connect with any of those ancestors that you're learning about and reading about through your research.
2: I have done that.
1: Oh, cool. Cool.
2: Um, it's very interesting I I don't really come out and say it in the book I just have a few innuendos and make
1: the reader wonder yeah that's a good idea so now you can really do really good research you're like wait I don't know this one piece let me me connect to them in automatic writing and ask them so I can get the full story here
2: (laughs) I I know I I probably could delve deeper but I didn't (laughs)
1: You're going to open up this whole um, new avenue for writers who are trying to do like <laughs> historical writing. You could offer your services that way.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I'll stick to my own, but...
1: <laughs> right. That's enough right there, right? It goes all out to all those branches of people. That's a lot to explore.
2: It's draining, but it's so interesting.
1: Is it, So after you do the automatic writing, do you feel drained? Is there like this energetic exchange that happens that tires you? or Not as much as I would think. I've
2: been really tired lately. I don't know about the both of you, but there's so much going on in the universe. I think it really makes us tired. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, certainly this year, this whole year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I was saying that to someone. I just feel like so weak, you know. I actually feel a little better this past month. But before Mm -hmm. that, the past couple of months before that, yeah, I felt very tired and physically weak. And Mm -hmm. it was just unusual. It was just with everything going on, I don't know if that affected me or everybody, I guess.
1: Yeah, Well, and then we had those three eclipses. There was all of that energy up until just... Yeah, like you said, like about the last month, I started to find more energy and more focus yeah,
0: and more okay. drive
1: to get things done. Because <laughs> yeah, all through the summertime, it was like, no, I'm just gonna lay here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Well, there
2: are so many light codes coming in now, and that takes our energy.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's and so when awesome you rest. when you say light codes, like how do you experience that? You mean when you're meditating, you just kind of get a download, or what is your experience?
2: With the light codes? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it probably happens during the night. I'm not aware of it. Okay. Some people are. Some mm-hmm. people are very sensitive, but I can feel my, my frequency is is rising mm-hmm. from a year ago. I feel different.
0: Yeah, people. I have to agree with you on that. I definitely feel different, too. And I try to verbalize that and explain it to people. And some people say that, "Oh, it's just because you're you're awakening now. You know, you're open to these new ideas." But I've been open to these ideas before. It's uh-huh. definitely something different. It's a it's like an energetic thing. Hmm.
2: Oh yeah. And in not everybody is uh, on the same frequency. Of course, with everything that's happening, I think you have to be kind of careful of who you. Talk to. I think it's important that we're we're out there and we're planting seeds because there are people that are ready and, and just don't know which way to go.
1: Yeah, that's always my intention when we meditate right before we do the podcast. I have mm-hmm. the intention that, you know, let those that need to hear this message, let them find it and let us speak what people need to hear to connect more to their own higher selves. I love that. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us, Susie.
2: It was an honor for me. Um, let me give you the, those two websites.
0: Yes, please do.
2: <laughs> my new book website is susie'sbooks.com. S- S-U- S-U-Z-I-E-S books.com. And my son's foundation is Daniel Sayre, S-A-Y-R-E, Foundation.org. Okay. Thank well, you, Susie. Thank you, Tim and Diana, so much.
0: All right. And God bless
2: you for your work.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd also like to say thank you very much to Susie Courtney for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her knowledge and gifts with us. If you're interested in learning more about Susie and her books, please go to suzysbooks.com. And the website of the foundation that was set up in her son's memory, which benefits first responders in Hawaii, please visit danielsayerfoundation.com. That's spelled Daniel S-A-Y-R-E foundation.com. I'd also like to take this time to thank Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. And Casey Hansen for providing the music. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Podcast.com. If you're enjoying listening to us, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.